from the top, from the top. Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. We are hosting a special midweek episode with your hosts, John Bucks and Brian Chin. And this podcast is part two. We are recording this segment on Thursday following the completion of all the matches in game week 14. Brian, how's it going? Bucks, three red arrows in a row. And yet I still feel like I had a decent game week. So I think all things considered, I am eager for game week 15 to start. And uh, it's, it's nice knowing that we only have like a day and a half before the football starts again for FPL. Absolutely. And, you know, Brian mentioned the red arrow, both he and I didn't do too hot this game week, but Brian, you were rewarded. You are one of the leaders of the young men's song fan club, and he's on your FPL team. And he absolutely delivered during the Thursday fixtures on your behalf, didn't he? Oh, Bucks, it's a story of what could have been, you know, maybe his first pass gets uh, another three inches and actually hits um, Davies on the head instead, and he gets an assist for that, but instead it's canceled out to be an own goal. So that, that one was tough because I feel like I've, you know, I chose son over Vardy many, many weeks ago. And, um, you know, this is his first return, but he easily could have, you know, in a different situation, gotten a goal and assist and max bonus. Instead, he just ends on a clean sheet and a goal for eight points, but definitely helped uh, buoy my team for sure. And, um, you know, Spurs are starting to look better. You know, they, they're under Conte and it's going to take some time, but um, there are some good assets, I think, uh, across the board that uh, will be delivering points in the future, especially since they have Norwich next week. Absolutely. Uh, short memory, but uh, looking ahead, Spurs have a really tasty fixture against Norwich, one of the bottom teams in the Premier League. And just some housekeeping in this episode, we're going to tackle and review how our FPL teams performed in game week 14. We're going to shout out the manager of the game week, a absolute massive shout out this game week. That's for sure. We're going to recap the top scores from game week 14 from FPL and also just discuss our transfer and captaincy plans. Ready to get to it, Brian? Let's dive in bucks. Awesome. So I'll let you go second since you bested me this game week. I ended up on 57 points and nearly 14K red arrow down to 34K overall. I'm really happy with where my team sits. And uh, I know I was really close to getting a nice rewarding game week if Ben Johnson keeps that clean sheet where you jinxed me and a couple other things <laughs> break right. But uh, my score is really only... Thanks to Mo Salah, who is my captain. He ends up with 15 points in the game, double that for 30. And Diego Jota, he gets a goal, a smashing goal at that, and eight points. Every single other player in my squad gets two points in the FPL game. And Aaron Ramsdale, who's been an amazing goalkeeper for me since bringing him in, he bests them by only one point. He gets three points. So uh, I definitely kept my score nice and low this game week. How about you, Brian? Hey, man, I will gladly take those three points from Mr. Ramsdale, uh, considering what the alternatives were, <laughs> which would be, you know, Sanchez or, you know, he did have seven saves in this game and they, they conceded three goals. So he's, he's the ideal goalkeeper for sure this season because he, he makes enough saves to make up um, any goals that they let in so 
Uh, taking a look at my team, I ended on 66 points, pretty solid, um, but definitely, you know, was hoping for a bit more. Today, I had Sonny Boy. He comes in with a big eight points. Um, like we said before, could have been more, but happy for that. And he's got Norwich next week, and he'll be my vice captain once again. Sal of the Goat, 30 points. Jota and Rafinha also score goals. So I had a trio of players in my midfield all get uh, eight points. So pretty solid right there. And uh, my bench looking lacking. Um, Huang, Mbomo, and Duffy all get one or two points. So, um, you know, for me, I'm just looking forward to this uh, next set of fixtures coming up and hopefully uh, make the right moves here to get a first green arrow. So I ended up on a three and a half K red arrow, which is, uh, you know, it's fine, but uh, I'm, I'm really looking for that green. You know, we got the Christmas trees going up in the houses. I got mine up in my apartment and it was uh, unfortunate to have another red arrow instead. Yeah. We're both going the wrong direction coming out of game week 14, but one manager that is not having that issue is Fabio Spagnolo. His squad, Hakuna Juan Mata FC. That is a mouthful, but they had the points full. They had a huge haul in game week 14, throwing up 90 FPL points. And Ooh, hot damn. 90? Crazy. I thought he must have used a chip, but uh, looking deeper, he just picked all the right guys. And it's even more stark how well fabio's team performed when you consider that the game week average was 53 so fabio almost doubled that Jeez. up huge and uh he had hauls from sala who was his captain so that's 30 points right there he stayed loyal to cristiano ronaldo who delivers a brace and three bonus for 13 region drops in a dozen semedo with nine rafinha with eight and Emil Smith-Rowe with seven. So he's getting contributions across his squad, which is very impressive. And just kudos again to Fabio and his side, Hakuna Wanmata. Not only do they top the FPL Blues podcast Super League mini league with 90 points, but they also earn a 175,000 place green arrow this game week. So just massive congratulations and credit to Fabio's side. Yeah, very impressive, especially considering he's got differentials like Reggian and Semedo in there delivering, um, you know, nine plus points each. So that's very impressive and a huge uh, turnaround for him that game week. Uh, then we also want to shout out top of the standings for the FPL Blue Super League is Pepe Pig, a.k.a. Corey Cummings. He's on 963 total points, six points clear of Turkish Kabak at the top. So we have a you know pretty compelling race here coming into the festive fixture run. Yeah, that still remains to be seen. Who's going to go into the new year ahead in the standings? Uh, Brian, I appreciate you not including that I'm in third place in the FPL Blues podcast mini league standings. I mean, <laughs> that hurts. You're, you're, either, you're either first or your last, Bucks. Yeah, that's fair. Fair. With that, we're going to take a <laughs> quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at the top point scorers in the FPL game for game week 14. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the FPL Blues podcast. We're now going to highlight some of the top performers from game week 14. And you all have him. We all love him. Mr. Mohamed Salah, 15 points on a beautiful brace, two extraordinary goals. 
from him and Liverpool continue to dominate. He gets three bonus as well. So again, you have to captain this guy until he goes to African Cup of Nations and then try and find differentials and different combinations of players surrounding him. And that's, um, you know, not expert advice. You can get that advice anywhere, but that's just how it is in the game right now. So especially for those who are new to the game, I was actually talking to one of our uh, members of their Super League, Sammy Grady. She is in her first season of FPL ever. And she was like, it makes no sense that there's only one captain every single week. And, uh, you know, I had to tell her that this is the first time I've played in six seasons that this is the case where there is an undisputed captain shout every week. There's usually a few premium options that are firing that you can choose from and, uh, you know, have a different pick week over week. But at this point, it's it's truly an outlier season from Salah and just highlighting his top class ability. Yeah, captain selection is a one-horse race right now. And pick against the Egyptian king at your own peril because he is absolutely on fire. He's in fuego. Any language you want to put it in, he is doing the business for sure. You you pick against the pharaoh, you're going to be put into the uh, sarcophagus, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Just really quick on Liverpool, worth shouting out. They are now averaging over three goals a game uh, through the entire Premier League season thus far. That means across 14 matches, you're pretty much looking at three goals from Liverpool. Crazy. They have the third highest goal tally ever in the Premier League through 14 games. Ooh, very impressive. Very impressive. All right. Let's talk about some other players who ended up on 13 points, and that includes Ronaldo and Jordan Henderson, who also uh, topped with Salah for a goal and assist and three bonus points in the Liverpool match. But from an FPL perspective, he's not really as relevant. But Ronaldo back into form, you know, he's been scoring goals in Champions League and finally gets a big brace and max bonus today versus Arsenal. You know, what do you see from him today, Bucks? He was huge. He really shined bright in this match. Uh, though That brace that he scored, that was his 800th and 801st goal in his career. So just massive, massive goal scorer. He is an incredible player, one of the all-time greats. And he gets a goal from open play, but also a really classy penalty kick. I just feel like when he steps up behind the ball to take a penalty, his confidence is just bursting. I mean, he's just so, so quality when he steps up to that. I feel like it's automatic that it's going in. And yeah, he... Yeah, he, he went re- he went uh, down the middle to solve the riddle box. And uh, <laughs> yeah. like an impressive pen, had a lot of power behind it. And Ramsdale leaped to the side. That was a moment where I was like, ooh, a, a juicy a penalty save, save here please, for Ramsdale. Please. Yeah, a five-point swing there would have been massive for us, but uh, Ronaldo, just too good. Yeah, he's too good. And I have to say, he only has a handful of goals this season. I think he's up to seven now is his tally in the Premier League. But I feel like most of those are hugely important. I mean, he's scoring some big goals for United. Uh, He gets the equalizer and the game winner in this match to earn United three points. And he scored some big ones in Champions League this season. He is, he is really, he's, he's the real deal. Next up on 12 points apiece, Mason Mount, Sergio Regulon, and Liam Cooper, each with 12 points each. That rounds out the kind of three top scorers. But we do want to include uh, two other standouts that really jumped off the screen this game week. Brian, who are those guys? That would be Bernardo Silva with his expert volley from Jesus 
in the game versus Villa. And then James Madison also has his second game of double digit points in back to back um, for Leicester. So these are two midfielders again, can definitely enter our FPL thoughts, you know, sub, I think Bernardo Silva, 7.3, James Madison, about 6.7, 6.8 million. So these are guys that could definitely fit into your teams and should be on your watch list. Yeah. Both those guys get 10 points and really the enticing thing about both these guys is not only are they in form, but their team's fixture run is starting to really open up in a good way. Uh, Man City and Leicester both have really interesting and quality fixtures from an attacking perspective uh, on the horizon. So I would definitely be looking at and watch listing both Bilva and James Madison. Yeah. And just talking about the fixtures, you know, Manchester United, they have this huge run coming up. So it'll be interesting to see if Ronaldo continues his form in the premier league. Um, You know, they have in game week 15, they have Crystal Palace, then they have Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley. So this is definitely the time that if you have Harry Kane or if you have, um, you know, Vardy, you might want to try and find funds to bring CR7 back into your side. They are still leaking goals left and right, but they they can put them up too. So I think um, Ragnick is going to come into the team. He just got his visa. He was in the stands for today's match versus Arsenal. So to be determined on how his actual imprint on the game um, for Manchester United plays out. But with those fixtures, even if he gets a rest, he's going to be you know taking a ton of shots. I think he took six shots today. And that's that's huge from a goal scoring um, player. I think if you look at Harry Kane, unfortunately, he he is waning. He he, he did have some good passing today and was a, you know pretty creative. He had a pass that went right across the goalkeeper and passed two of his uh, um, teammates. Son was late in the box on that one, then Hoiberg just hit the side of the net, which was unfortunate. Otherwise, Kane would have been in the points too. But you know, just looking at how you know, quote unquote, selfish Ronaldo is from an FPL perspective. That's what you want. So he would be, um, you know, him and Vardy are probably the two best premium forwards in the game right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that Norwich fixture, which is coming in game week 16, is the motivation and the impetus we all need to get onto the Cristiano Ronaldo bandwagon. I know I will be doing everything possible to make that transfer move of Vardy to CR7 when that match rolls around. Yeah, and it works out really well if you own Kane right now. Kane gets Norwich in game week 15. And then if you can um, you know, move Kane directly to Ronaldo the next week, you get back-to-back Norwich matches. That is very, very tasty. So that would be the recommended strategy and make sure that you're kind of focusing on, on those two, uh, two moves potentially. We saw Sancho start once again on the wing. Bruno Fernandez gets in the goals, his first goal in what seems like forever. Uh, obviously, he was the FPL legend last season with over 200 points in the season. It's been way, very much uh, up and down and wayward. So uh, what else did you see in this one? I just uh, we need to shout out that VAR controversy. Uh, the first goal by Emil Smith Rowe. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, De Gea is just kind of like stomped on. He 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 was stomped on by Fred, who is his own player. That was the big reason why they did not call. Um, you know, they called it a goal because Fred stepped on his leg, and you know, your own your own player can't uh, be called for a foul on you. So that was that was very controversial. Um, you know, in real time, you didn't know who stepped on him, but VAR came good and um, they they made the right call because. Honestly, like 
De Gea walked it off pretty easily and um, he was just confused on who actually stepped on him. So kind of a like bad luck, but a bad move by De Gea, um, you know, laying on the ground while the goal fizzes past him and ESR once again at his sub 6 million comes in with points, uh, seven points in this one, uh, no bonus, but um, he's, he's been, you know, very clinical in his finishes, not getting a ton of shots, but he's putting up points. So if you have him, uh, congrats to there. Yeah. If you're an ESR FPL owner, you are definitely not complaining with that one. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, for the Spurs match, interesting to see how dominant they were both on and off the ball. They really didn't give Brentford much space or breathing room in this match. And we mentioned it earlier in the top players from the game week, but Hyung Min Sung and Reggion really, I think, were the standouts in this match. They both looked excellent on the counterattack, bombing forward. And I just think it's a really impressive and quality result for Conte as he's looking to right the ship at Tottenham. They are in the top six right now, so they're not too far off the pace for Champions League and European football spots. Unfortunately, you know, we did mention Kane blanks again. Uh, he's just having a nightmare season right now. And interesting to note that Kane really is such a quality player, but he's clearly not properly motivated. And that's showing in the stats because Spurs have covered the least ground of any Premier League team this season. They're actually in dead last, which is an interesting stat. Doesn't really show up in the FPL numbers, but you can see it when you watch the games. Yeah, he's obviously played a ton of football over his years, being run into the ground by the likes of Mourinho and other managers, but uh, obviously suits up for every minute versus um, international play for England. And ultimately, I think, you know, Reggion and Son are the only players that can sprint on that team and that have pace. And uh, very interested in Reggion, especially because he, he was bombing forward. You know, he's you know, due to have a, a heavy touch here and there, but overall, you know, he is the wing back in this Conte system that is going to provide the most attacking threat. And uh, I've really liked what I've seen from him. He's, I believe, 5.1 million right now. And I have uh, gone with Alonzo as my punt for the Chilwell replacement. And uh, that hasn't gone so well in the last couple of games. So I will have my eyes, um, you know, continually watching Reggian to see if he continues to you know play that more advancing you know sprinter position on the left wing with that that's a good shout i think Reggion, he was in my thoughts i just couldn't stretch my budget to fit him in but he he looks like he's locked in and uh really thriving in the new wing back system under conte with that let's take a break when we come back we're going to close this out with our transfer plans and captaincy selection all right bucks we have one and a half days before the next game week. Some quick editing of the podcast will go out. You're in charge of that tonight. And, uh, you know, what are you thinking here for your potential transfers going into game week 15? So I made a rash early transfer moving off Edward, who was one of my differential selections on wildcard. He's really disappointed uh, throughout his time in my side. And I brought in Emmanuel Denny. He is one of my favorite players to watch. And I've been singing his praises feels like all season. So finally he's in my side. So that move went hard before the transfer rise for Emmanuel Denny. So that's great for me. And I really was motivated to make this switch following watching 180 minutes of Watford footy the last two game weeks. I mean, they played Man United. They look spectacular. 
they play against Chelsea, they lose, but I would say they really showed something in that match in front of their home crowd. So Denny definitely passes the eye test for me. And, you know, there's another player on the chopping block and that's Embuemo and Bomo. He's going to stay in my side for at least another game week. But I have to say <laughs> watching the fixtures today and seeing how incredible Ronaldo looked, I have just enough funds following the Edward down to Denis move that I could afford to take a hit and bring in Ronaldo for Vardy as a straight swap without uh, wow. just, uh, you know, leaving me just enough funds in the bank. So I'm definitely eyeing a potential hit this game week and making that move to get ahead of the curve. Uh, when Ronaldo plays Norwich, you know that there's going to be a price rise and a lot of FPL managers flocking to have him lead the line for them. So I'm just thinking that maybe I can get in a little bit early on that transfer move. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I really back that. If you can make that move in one, um, you know, that's worth a hit. You ha- you're going to have to monitor the price changes on the market every single day because that one could uh, be tough because I think going into the next game with people, you know, looking at that Crystal Palace picture, there should be goals in that one too. So uh, will be a tricky, tricky spot to be in, um, whether you're going to take the hit or not, but he's going to repay you over those, these upcoming fixtures. So I would, I would back the hit if uh, you can do it in one move. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just, uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to price rise tonight, Thursday, December 2nd. So I'm going to try and practice patience to get to the manager press conferences, but, uh, I just have a feeling that I'm 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 itching for a hit. I haven't taken one in a couple of games. I've, sh- <laughs> I've showed good discipline, and Ronaldo he just looks like he really impressed uh, in front of the new manager. So I expect that he's going to get the start at least the next couple of games. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. We're kind of dying for him to come into form, so we have a premium option up top to absolutely uh, rely on. So these fixtures they'll 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 do it for uh, for Ronaldo. So. All right, looking at my squad, um, you know, I'm really hoping to roll this week. As as you noted before, neither of us are having FOMO owning in BOMO, and uh, he's got to go. So I have both him and Huang, who have lined up, I think, three or four blanks in a row, and they're both kind of at this awkward 5.5, five, 5.6 price. So I'm looking to downgrade one of them to a 4.5, um, which will be my third bench slot, and then upgrade the other to a 6.5 million pound player. So that's that's my plan in game week 16. So I need to roll this transfer and sort that out. Plus Rafinha is going on this really tough run where I'm not really going to want to start him very often. So I'm kind of in a, in a tough spot. So the last thing I wanted to ask you, Bucks, before we get out of here is, you know, taking a look at my squad, I have a decision to make with Antonio. He's playing Chelsea. He hasn't looked very good lately, but I'm holding on to him. So you know, who would you start between Mbomo versus Leeds, Antonio versus Chelsea, and then Duffy versus Southampton? Honestly, I've, I'm kind of looking at Duffy because uh, Webster, Adam Webster, got injured and Duffy came in and played pretty well for those kind of 55 minutes. So he's probably going to be straight back into the squad because they kind of line up that way. And, um, you know, I might actually play him over Antonio this week. What are you thinking here? I, I rate that. I think uh, Antonio probably would, in an ideal world, he'd be my first bench in the event Duffy doesn't play. But I think, you know, Mbomo is just so frustrating because 
Brentford really do have some good fixtures. I mean, this Leeds match is a game that three weeks ago, I would have said for sure, Brentford are going to get the result in, but now we don't know because they're really, they're not pouring in the goals the way that they were to start out the season. I think they really, they're one of the teams in the premier league that desperately need a couple of warm bodies to come in during the January transfer window because they lack squad depth. So if it was my team, I would probably start Duffy with Antonio, my first bench, and Mbomo, my second bench. But uh, I yep. could easily see justification for swapping that around. And I should note that if Reese James doesn't play it in Chelsea, and if there's reports that he's going to miss out in Tuchel's press conference, that would probably change the way I'm thinking because uh, he's just so strong in bringing together the best version of Chelsea's backline that uh, I might rate Antonio to have a better chance of scoring if Chelsea don't roll out their first choice unit. Yeah, that's that's a good call. And we've seen Alonzo be a little bit shaky. Um, you know, he could also potentially um, in my squad get rested or rotated this week as well, you know, versus West Ham. So I got some benching decisions to make, but I'm, I'm in a good spot to roll my transfer because I've been putting out fires like Foden and Chilwell the last couple of weeks and kind of been delaying my double move with Mbomo and Wang. So that's uh, where I'm at at the moment. And uh, yeah, Bucks captains. Sala, baby. Keep it rolling. I think, uh, you know, we predicted he was going to get a massive haul going into game week 14. I'm not expecting anything less going into game week 15. I expect he's going to play. I think Jota is going to start alongside him as well. Mane Klopp is going for the jugular this season and they can smell the top's spot in the premier league they're just in striking distance of chelsea as is man city and so i think that all three of these teams are really in a three-team horse race uh for the long haul probably yeah and wolverhampton's been playing well they've kept three clean sheets in a row and i expect them to be rather frisky but liverpool should dismantle them like they always do to their opponents um, from an attacking perspective so sala you know shoot to get hot shoot to stay hot baby Let's keep it rolling. I would be absolutely flabbergasted if Wolves extend that clean sheet streak to four because I expect that Liverpool are going to hang a tally on. Yeah, 2-0 seems like a very predictable uh, line there. They are playing away, but have utter confidence in um, in the Liverpool attack. So with that, thank you very much for tuning in to part two of this Game Week 15 preview podcast series. Is a series two episodes? Sure. Why not? Yeah, let's let's go with it, Bucks. Midweek special. Uh, you know, we're going into the holidays, so you might have some more time and you might be traveling to see family. So why not give a listen to the FPL Blues podcast? Let us warm the airwaves. And uh, listen, we appreciate all of our listeners. We've been getting some great engagement and questions from our mini league participants, from our listeners. And you can follow us at FPL Blues podcast on your preferred social media and find our podcast. Give us a like and a follow where you listen. Thanks as always, everyone. Thanks to you, Brian. Another great pod in the books. All right, Bucks. We need to turn it around and get some green arrows this weekend. So best of luck to everybody and we'll see you soon. Yeah.